This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, you can give one more hand for Jim and, and the uh, Gideons International. Like he said, we support them as a church. It's just one of the ministries that when you give to Faith Church, um, that part of what comes into Faith Church goes out. And the Gideons International is one of the ministries that we support. But like he said, he'll be outside afterwards and you can ask him any questions that you may have. And then I believe all the proceeds go towards producing and, and, and carrying out the word of God and getting it into people's hands. So what better thing to sow into than that? Well, I'm so glad that you're here. If you have your tithes and offerings ready, you can always give at Faith Church online. Try to make it easy for you. And you can do that at faithchurchlubbock.com. You can use those gray envelopes in the seat pockets right in front of you. And then you can also, uh, you can give at the information center as well. Tonight, we're gonna be looking at the word of God and answering some questions that you may have had for a long time. And so if you would just lift up your hands, if you would like to have a Bible in your hands, our usher team, who always do an amazing job, will get that in your hands for you. And before we start, I have some friends here, Angie and Vicki, and their brother Austin, he's a member of our church, uh, him and his two kids come here, and he is, uh, he's struggling in the hospital right now. Austin's in his 20s, and doctors don't know what's going wrong with him, but his nervous system is shutting down. He's, he's having trouble walking, having trouble talking and eating and all those different things. And it's been very hard on their family. But we, we know the healer, don't we? And so I just don't wanna miss an opportunity for us to pray together as a church family over our brother Austin. So would you guys just bow your heads with me and we're gonna pray over Austin. If y'all would just stretch your hands out here to Vicki and Angie. Lord God, we pray for Austin right now. God, we know that you see him, we know that you love him, we know that you're comforting him. Lord, doctors have no idea what's going on in his body, but you know exactly what's going on. And we ask not, not just that you would give them wisdom as a medical staff, but Lord, that you would heal and touch his body. God, that you would give his mind peace, help him not to worry, help him not to be concerned, help him not to be afraid. God, give Loretta and their whole family peace in their minds. Lord, we just pray over this situation and we thank you for the testimony that's gonna come out of it, that you're healing and that you're moving in Jesus' name. Everybody say it together. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being here, ladies. We're believing God to heal Austin. Okay, I want you to go ahead and turn in your Bible to the book of Luke, Chapter 22, and while you're headed to Luke 22, have any of you ever had, prayed and believed God for something in your life and just had God come through in a huge way and you could say, you know what, there is no other explanation but that God did that. Go ahead and raise up your hand if you've ever had any sort of situation like that. Man, look at all these people with hands up and I've had so many experiences in my life like that where I prayed and I believed God for something and I, and I stood in faith and I watched God move. Just a quick testimony. When I was a, a teenager, I had graduated high school and I was getting ready to go to college and I didn't have a vehicle and I was supposed to be driving from Lubbock to Leveland every day for class. That's hard to do without a vehicle. There's no bus that I know of that goes from Lubbock to Leveland. And so I was praying and believing, God, I need a vehicle. I didn't have the money to buy one, and I needed God to move supernaturally. And so I trusted, and I waited, and I trusted, and I waited. And one day, a man from the church called me, and he said, hey, I need to tell you something. The Lord spoke to me, and he told me 
to give you my Jeep, so I'll be over later today with the Jeep and the keys to it. It's yours. And I remember just being like, God did what? He, he supernaturally answered my prayer. There was no other explanation but that God moved in my life. How about a situation like this? Has anybody ever prayed and believed and asked God for something? And God said, wait. And the thing didn't happen for a while, and it didn't happen for a while, and then eventually one day you saw the hand of God. Anybody ever have a situation like that? Yeah, lots of people have a situation like that too. For myself, actually this job is a testimony just like that. Um, you may not know, but I've attended church here for almost 18 years. And I started coming here when I was a senior in high school. And I don't know why, but I was always, I just loved this place, and I always wanted to know what it would be like to be in a staff meeting at Faith Church. I remember thinking, like, I just want to be a fly on the wall at those staff meetings. I don't know why it was so interesting to me, but I, I wanted to be on staff here. Uh, seven or eight years after I came to church here, there was a job opening, and the worship pastor at the church resigned. And I was sad to see him go. He was a dear friend of mine, but I started thinking immediately, I think this is what God has for me. Like, I, I had the skill set. I, this is what I want to do. God's going to bless me with this job. I'm so excited. And so I remember I, I sat down and I wrote this beautiful letter, this email to Pastor Stormy and Shelly. And I, I sit on type and I'm like, God, you're so good. This is amazing. God's amazing. I'm going to get this job. And I send it to him. And then pastor says, hey, I want to talk to you. Why don't you come to my office? And I'm like, yes, going to the office. And I remember walking in and sitting down in his office. And he said, very kindly, you're not what we're looking for. And I remember just being devastated, like, but I thought, this is what I thought you had for me, God. But six years after that, another job opening came up at the church for the associate pastor position. And Pastor Stormy told me, he had my wife and I over to his house, him and Pastor Shelley, and they told me, they said, we've never forgotten that you had a heart for ministry. And when you came that day, all those years ago, we never forgot. And when this position came open, God put you on our hearts. And I'd never seen myself in this type of position, but I see that God's been preparing me and getting me ready for this, even being a school teacher, that now I get to teach the word of God. And so God's answer back then wasn't no to me. It was wait. It was not yet. It was I've got something for you. Just wait. Just hold on. And I will say one thing. A lot of times when we don't get what we want out of a place, we just leave and say, well, fine. If you're not going to hire me, then I'm out. But I told them in the letter that I wrote, I said, whatever decision you make, I will stay, I will serve, I will do whatever you need me to do because I love this place and wanna be a part of what God's doing here. So sometimes God's answer is wait. But have you ever prayed for something and you didn't hear an answer? You ever prayed for something and God fell silent? You ever prayed for something and start to question after a period of time, did God even hear me? Or you prayed for something and you start to think, is God even real? Is God even who he says he is? And you get an answer that is no. We get a no from God. And I had an experience like, like that too. And I remember that my wife and I, our first child, we had a miscarriage. And we went to our first appointment at the doctor, obviously just elated, so excited. And they start doing the, the little sonogram and they tell us, well, we don't, we don't hear anything, but that's not necessarily bad. Why don't you come back next week? And obviously we're concerned. And so I remember we went straight from the doctor's office to the church office 
and we had Pastor Stormy and Shelly pray over us. We stood for that week in faith. We never said a single negative word out of our mouths. We spoke over my wife's body and that baby inside of her. We prayed, we believed that God was gonna heal, that God was gonna move. And we get to that appointment a week later and they said, your wife has miscarried and the baby inside of her is not living. Now obviously, we were devastated. That was eight years ago, nine years ago, and I still remember the pain, I still remember the heartache. And God's answer to us in that moment was no. And you know what? Those are the times where we may not be able to explain it in our human minds. But I wanna show you through scripture today how we can heal when we've experienced times like that. All of us have had those types of experience. The times when God remains silent, even when we stand in faith, and we question and we wonder, but I'll tell you one thing, that God is always good, that we have a good Father, and that he loves you, and that he cares for you, and he has a plan for you. And in Luke chapter 22, we get this passage in verse 42. And these are the words of Jesus. He's about to go to his, his crucifixion, about to be crucified on the cross. And this is when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus says in verse 42, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Jesus is saying, Father, I don't wanna go through with this. He knows he's going to the cross. He knows he's gonna be beaten and tortured. He knows he's gonna be mocked and spat on. He knows that his father is gonna have to turn from him because he's gonna become sin. He knows these things. And he says, Father, I don't wanna go through with this. If there's any other way, please take this cup from me. And But here's the next thing that he says. Jesus says, yet not my will, but yours be done. And if you're taking notes tonight, that's what the title of the message is. Yet not my will. God's answer to Jesus' prayer was no. No, there's no other way. No, I can't take the cup from you. And aren't you glad that God's answer to Jesus in that moment was no? Because, because he went to the cross, because he gave his life for us, because he was beaten and tortured and spat on and mocked, because he became sin, now you and I get to have a reconciled relationship with God our Father. Because Jesus did that, you and I and all the people in all eternity who have lived, who choose to accept him, get to live with him in eternity in heaven. And so God tells Jesus, no. But look what happens next in verse 43. It says, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And I believe with all my heart that even when God's answer may be no to us, that he has a plan and he has a purpose and he loves us and he's standing right beside us, strengthening us just like he sent this angel to Jesus. And I've had this perspective before in my life that, okay, if I didn't get the things that I prayed for, then it must just be that I don't have enough faith for it. And so if I'll just figure out some way to get more faith, then the thing I asked for will happen just the way I want it. 
But you know what? As I've matured and as I've grown and as a believer, as I've studied the word and as I've learned the heart of God more, I don't think that that's the perspective that God desires us to have. Yes, we pray and we believe in faith. The Bible says that, that it's impossible to please God without faith. The Bible talks about the prayer of faith and it says that if you have the faith of a mustard seed and you say to the mountain, move, it will be thrown into the sea. So it's not that we have to get all this grand faith conjured up on the inside of us. God works with mustard seed faith. And here's the question that I have now. Since God's answer to Jesus was no, does that mean that Jesus didn't have enough faith? Of course not. Jesus was the son of God. Turn to the book of 2 Corinthians. And let's look at the apostle Paul. God's plan required Jesus to go to the cross. And it was a plan for us. The Apostle Paul, we're going to read about him in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. So the Apostle Paul's going to list all the hardships that he's gone through. Now these are not the hardships that he faced before he became a Christian, before he gave his life to Jesus. This is a list of hardships that the Apostle Paul faced after he gave his life to Jesus. And so we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 24. The Apostle Paul says, Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. And actually that time he was so bad off that the people that were stoning him thought he was dead. They dragged him outside of town and left him there. And then the rest of the apostles came and got him. Three times, he says, I was beaten with rods, once pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in an open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked besides everything else. I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. And in the ESV version, that, that last verse actually says, that Paul says, I face daily my anxiety about the churches. And we may say, well, what was Paul doing wrong then? Did, did Paul not have enough faith to believe? No, God had a plan, and God sent him to those places to bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. And people chose to treat him poorly, but he stood the test. He, he continued to run the race that was marked out for him, even when he faced hardship. Look in the very next chapter, in chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians. And in verse 7, this is the Apostle Paul's attitude. It says, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. So we don't know what this thorn in his flesh was. Maybe it was a sickness or a disease, something physical. Maybe it was something mental like depression or anxiety. Maybe it was a person that was with him that was just constantly berating him. We don't know what the thorn was, but we know that it was a messenger from Satan sent to torture him, torment him. In verse eight, the apostle Paul says, 
Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so God's answer to the Apostle Paul was no. Will you take this thorn from me? Will you take this spirit from me that's torturing me? And God says, Paul, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul even goes on to say, even though the answer for him was no, I delight in my hardships. It reminds me of the book of James. And in chapter one of of James, starting in verse two, here's what James writes to us. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And everybody said, oh, I hate this verse. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of various kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So what do the trials produce in us? Produces perseverance, and it makes us complete. And I'm sorry to tell you that God is not into making us comfortable, but he is into making us complete. And sometimes he walks us through trials, never leaving us, never forsaking us, but he walks with us through those trials so that we can become complete, not lacking anything. So if Jesus works with mustard seed faith and the tiniest amount of faith is all it takes to move mountains, then maybe we need to shift our perspective. Faith isn't just believing God for something. Sure, that's part of it. Yes, we should pray in faith for our health. Yes, we should pray in faith for our finances. Yes, we should pray in faith, just like I did for that vehicle when I needed to to use one to go to college. We pray in faith, and I am in no way discrediting that. But faith isn't just believing God for something. Faith is believing God through something. It's trusting that he is good through the trial. It's trusting that he has a plan. It's trusting that he's carrying us, that he's walking with us, that he's strengthening us. And knowing deep in our hearts that no matter what comes our way, just like the Apostle Paul said, that in our weakness, Christ is made strong and that he is always and only good. I told you about when my wife and I had a miscarriage, our first child. Well, eight years ago, I was at a Men of Iron conference And we had been trying for seven or eight months to have another baby for her to get pregnant again. But nothing was happening. We were were praying every night that God would allow us to get pregnant to have a child. I go to this Men of Iron conference. And in this really supernatural moment that I'll never forget in my life, I began to weep and just ask the Lord. I said, God, 
please give me a daughter. And when I got home from the conference, that was the Friday night, I get home from the conference on Saturday and I start telling my wife about all that had transpired. And she said, you mean you prayed that last night? And I said, yes, I prayed last night. And I said, God's gonna move. She said, well, God moved last night. She said, my cycle regulated for the first time in eight months last night. Four weeks later to the day, I came home from work and my wife told me I'm pregnant. Because God moves when we pray. We named my daughter Elizabeth, and it means a gift from God. That's exactly what she is. She's an answer to prayer. She's a gift from God. And nobody can ever tell me that the prayer of faith, that God doesn't move on our behalf. A good friend of mine was standing next to me that night at the men's conference. And at the same time that I was praying that God would give me a daughter, he was praying that God would heal his wife. His wife was dealing with a a very severe autoimmune disease. And he got home and his wife was still sick. And his wife stayed sick for a while. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed until eventually he let the fact that his wife was still sick turn his heart away from God. And he began to blame God and grow bitter towards God because God didn't move in her the way he thought that God should have. And now it's been eight years and she still struggles in her, in her health. And he's turned his heart away from God and doesn't believe that the Bible is the truth anymore. And I believe that God was standing there with him, holding his hand through the trial. I believe that God never left him, that God never forsook him. But because God didn't do what he thought God should do, he turned away and grew bitter and angry towards God. And I believe that there's some of us in the room tonight who we've grown bitter and grown angry towards God because he didn't do what we asked him to do. And as a father, I have to think of it this way, that I don't give my children everything they ask for. Does that mean they stop asking me? No but I can see a bigger picture than they can. And I can see how the little decisions they make lead to health in the future and and good financial wisdom in the future and accomplishments in the future. And they see so short-sighted. I think that's like us at times. That all we can see is how I feel or what I see in the moment. And God is weaving together this grand tapestry that all of us are a part of. You see, I have to know now, being on the other side of it, that if my first child would have been born, I would have them with me, and I'm sure they would be so great. But you know what? I get to meet that child in heaven someday. And I don't know whether it's a boy or a girl. I don't know, but God knows. And they get to be with him already. But because of the timeline... My wife got pregnant almost exactly nine months after she got pregnant the first time. And so if that child would have been here with us, then my Elizabeth would not. 
And God's plan was for Ellie to be here on the earth with us. God's plan was for her to touch people's lives. And God has a plan and a purpose for her to do great things for his kingdom here on this earth. But I have to recognize that God loves me and God is good. The Bible tells us to ask and keep on asking. Don't stop asking for those things. Don't stop asking for those things that you're believing for. The Bible says that, that when we pray about anything according to the Father's will, when, we, when, we, when there's two or three gather in his name, pray about anything according to the Father's will, it will be done for us. Don't stop praying the prayers of faith. God works all things together for the good of those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. But at the end of the day, God is a father, and he's a good father who loves us and knows what's best for us. So just like I don't give my kids everything they ask for, God may not give us everything that we ask for. And I think it takes more faith to trust him in his process and to trust him in his goodness when we don't see the end result. I have a, one of my brothers and my sister-in-law have a two-year-old daughter. And her name is Everly. And Everly was born with a condition called Dravet syndrome. They didn't know about it until she was seven or eight months old. Dravet syndrome is a severe form of epilepsy. And through Everly's, in the last couple of years, she's had over 100 seizures a lot of days. She's been to the hospital more times than I can count. There's a certain type of seizure that she can have and the only thing that can stop that seizure is if she gets to the hospital and they admit her, admit it, administer a certain type of medication. She's rented, ridden on an ambulance time after time after time being rushed to the hospital. My brother and my sister-in-law, they can't go on vacation as a family because they can't be that far away from a hospital traveling from city to city. And I've watched my brother and my sister-in-law go through this thing that is harder than anything I've ever had to face. And I've watched them pray and believe and ask God to heal Everly. I have prayed almost every night that God would heal Everly, and I believe he will someday. But today she still struggles. And today my brother and my sister-in-law are still filled with hurt still filled with pain every time they watch her have a seizure. And my sister-in-law wrote a poem, and it's her cry to God. And I asked her for permission to read it to you because it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, knowing her situation. And she says, I come to you with my filthy rags, airing my grievances with the Most High, forgetting that without you, my life is a lie. Pretending your job is to be a genie in the sky. My heart sits in my stomach and my stomach makes its way to my throat. The tension of my plans, my way, pulls me in and begs me to stay. To protest would mean surrender, and I'm not ready for that. I'd rather wait for you to pull bunnies out of the hat. Abracadabra, you'd say, and all my pain would just go away. My organs would settle back where they belong and I'd lift up my hands and sing you a song. Hallelujah, I would say with my lips, but my affections wait at the harbor and sail away like ships until the waves take it down 
and I'm gasping for air. This weight is heavy. It's too much to bear. How can I go on? In this moment, my gaze lifts towards heaven and I lock eyes with your face. Your arms so mighty wrap me in a full embrace. How dare I forget your holiness? How could I lose sight of your grace? I'm sorry for cheapening the magnitude of who you are, for twiddling my thumbs and looking to bail, thinking that your spirit poured out on a sliding scale. You are higher and better and more beautiful than any future I can paint. Your ways, your plans, I'll submit without restraint. You are faithful, right, and just. Who am I but a vessel? What can I do but trust? In your presence is where I will stay. When the darkness creeps in and threatens to knock the breath out of my lungs, I will cling to the cross where your perfect son hung. I will walk in the power of that day and believe with conviction every word that you say. Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, you and only you are the greatest reward. So here I am with a sacrifice of praise, fully transfixed on your glorious face. And if you would just go ahead and stand on your feet with me. The reason that's so beautiful to me is because I have seen close people to me walk away from God because life didn't look like they thought it should look. But I see my brother and my sister-in-law continue to trust that God is good even though they struggle every single day. Trusting that God is the healer, even though they haven't seen it yet. And I believe that there are some of you in this room who came in today angry at God, who are bitter at God, because something in your life that you prayed for didn't happen the way you thought it should. Life doesn't look the way that you thought it should look. And I wanna invite you just to receive healing tonight. Because no matter what we experience, our God is good. And no matter what we experience, our God is a healer. And no matter what we experience, our God is a provider. And our God has a plan for each one of us and he loves us. And he wants to pick you up in his embrace and hug you like a father, just like the song we sang tonight. And so if that's you and you've been mad at God, bitter at God, and you just wanna release that to him and come back and let him pick you up tonight, would you just lift up your hands? And church family, if you're around somebody with their hands up, would you just put your hands on them? You can get out of your seat and get closer to them. I believe there's healing in this room tonight. I'm gonna pray and I invite each one of you to begin to pray with me, just that there would be a healing in our hearts. God, I thank you that you're good. God, shift our perspective. Change our mindset and help us to trust in you as our loving Father. God, you are so good. 
and each one of us have seen your goodness firsthand. But whatever the lie that the enemy has told these ones about your character, we bind up that lie in Jesus' name. And we just proclaim your truth over them. That they would know your heart, that they would know your character, that they would know your nature, that they would know that you're good, that they would know that you have a plan for them and purpose for them, that no matter what they think or feel or see, that you're working on the inside of them, God. Lord, I pray that they be able to look back on this time in their life and see only the faithfulness of God. Lord, I pray that for those that are sick, that you would heal. I pray for those who are financially struggling, that you would provide. I pray for those who are struggling with relationships, that you would reconcile. I pray for those struggling with brokenness or with addiction or bondage, that you would set them free. And Lord, I pray that you would help each and every one of us to trust in your timing and that our faith wouldn't just be for you to move, but that our faith would be that you would carry us and strengthen us through the storms. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.